Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro-life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. And as always, we'd appreciate if you guys would share this podcast episode and if you would give us a review, leave us a review on iTunes or however else you get podcasts. We would love to uh, combat some of the negative reviews that we've had from pro-abortion people, although we see that as a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. We praise God for every time we are persecuted or marginalized for the name of Jesus. And we try our best to have a good attitude and not to grumble and complain about what people say against us. And Jesus do. said that, that people would, if they hated me, Jesus said, then they, they're going to hate you. And so um, us being hated and, and maligned by people is just kind of a natural uh, outflow of our identification with Jesus. And we're going to talk about that today, actually. We did a podcast, hopefully you guys listened to it last week that came out about joy and us having joy on the sidewalk and um, knowing the Lord is what brings joy to us and we can have joy on our faces and joy in our lives and joy in our hearts that is conveyed to the women going in that don't have joy. They could help us to um, uh, really just be compelling for them to come over and talk with us. And uh, We need to have joy. We're going to kind of contrast uh, this episode with that episode in a little in a little bit um, or in, in some ways. Um, because we're going to talk about, and the title of the article that you wrote here is The uh, Dangers and Antidote to Grumbling in Sidewalk Ministry. And I think as a lot of, just like our joy topic, a lot of our topics, um, you can you can apply this to any, any ministry. The ministry that we're involved in and that we're talking about in this podcast is the sidewalk ministry at abortion centers. But I think there's dangers and biblical antidotes to grumbling and complaining in any area of ministry or any area of life, quite honestly. Yeah. You know, not just ministry. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the dangers of grumbling and the antidote to grumbling in light of sidewalk ministry. Um, But again, we can apply this to many areas of life and warnings and rebukes throughout the scriptures about grumbling, uh, or, I mean, gosh, so so many that we we won't be able to touch on all the scriptures where God rebukes even you know of course the children of Israel about grumbling, uh, but even the New Testament, the Bible warns us about grumbling and uh, about complaining. Yep. And so let's jump into it, Vicky. Let's talk about grumbling and the dangers of grumbling and the antidote yeah. that the Bible gives us. Yeah. Uh, well, I think a great place to start is the, the verse Philippians two fourteen. do all things without grumbling or disputing. And I, that's a really important verse. It says, do all things with, without grumbling um, or disputing. And we're in a difficult ministry. We've talked about that a yeah. lot. It is a ministry of rejection. A lot of yeah. um, unjust actions are taken against us. A lot of um, 
cruelty even from the uh, pro-abortion crowd. And I think it is easy for us to justify our complaining. Yep. And I know until I wrote this article, <laughs> that was kind of where I was. Um, I hear it from everyone. I yep. am guilty of it, very guilty of it, not just on the sidewalk, to be frank, but um, but particularly on the sidewalk. And as I was working on this article, I realized more and more, wow, not only is this not godly behavior, but it is damaging behavior. And yeah. in contrast to our podcast last time, it detracts from the joy that we feel out there and therefore is a danger in taking us away from the sidewalk. And I think yeah. indeed we have lost sidewalk counselors because they become so discouraged for, uh, by the pro-abortion group. Yeah. So this, this was born, this podcast, this article came out of again, real life experiences on the sidewalk, uh, with fellow counselors. And I was just becoming very aware that a lot of our time was spent complaining about the pro-abortion crowd. Everything yeah. that was said was true. They, it, it, they really are rough and, and it, it really is uncalled for. It, it is childish um, and sometimes very cruel. But it, I realized more of our time was spent discussing that sometimes than um, praising God or uh, praying while yeah. while we were out there and i thought this is this is probably worth discussing because i can't imagine our teams are different from anyone else that anyone yeah. out on on the sidewalk in such a difficult ministry is i think likely to fall fall prey about to this yeah yeah in some cities and i know here in Southern California, we don't yet have a lot of pro-abortion presence, mm -hmm. so there's not yet a lot of opposition. I say yet yeah. because um, I think it's probably coming. I've told the folks here that it's a badge of honor if pro-abortion people show up because you know that you're being effective. Now, pro-abortion people haven't yet showed up out here, maybe a few random people here and there. So I don't mean to say that they're not effective. They're certainly the teams here being very effective, but I just told them expect this. Um, these pro-abortion people are going to come along. But I will say that they're not the only reason for grumbling. There can be other things, yeah. uh, laws that are passed mm -hmm. that are hindering what you're doing, or at least seeking to hinder what you're doing. That's happening here in California. Mm -hmm. Laws that are passed to, to really intimidate and make people feel like, can we even be out on the sidewalk? Um, also, interactions with police officers, that can be a, a point for grumbling and, and just being uh, just having a negative attitude. The lack of involvement of the church. It's like, where's the church at? And this is this is a real problem here. And so I just want to kind of kind of lump all these these points of um, contention or points of discouragement in together because they can all serve to get us in an attitude of grumbling and something I think that I've shared on this podcast before that I, I kind of use as a term around our house. And this will tie into this, this, uh, this whole grumbling subject, grumbling and complaining 
is your attitude determines your altitude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you want to fly above the situations, you want to soar above the situations, then have a good attitude. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be under it (laughs) and you want to be under oppression and depression and discouraged, then just have a bad attitude. And really, the gateway to just a bad attitude is grumbling. Right. And complaining. Yeah. Yeah. And it it can quickly devolve into um, gossip. I think it yeah. sometimes starts off as grumbling and you feel justified. And then there starts to creep in making fun of whatever you're grumbling about or name yeah. calling whatever you're yeah. grumbling about um, or telling stories about whomever you're grumbling about. And that that's clearly, yeah. clearly gossip. I, I do want to say that what I don't want to convey to people is that there is not a legitimate place for sharing one another's burdens. And, um, and you know, I'll go back to the example of the pro abortion crowd. Um, there are, they've sometimes brought us to tears and there, there are times when we just really do need to unload on, um, an understanding friend or fellow counselor who's been through it in order to, kind of brush that off and and move on so i think there is a legitimate place for that but um that's not what really what we're talking about it it can be what we're talking about but i i think um i think when we start just complaining about things that honestly we should expect these people are not saved they don't know god We honestly should not be surprised that they're not acting in an honorable, God-fearing manner, right? This yeah, is just what right, we would yeah, expect. Exactly. And um, and so when I was thinking about when is it okay to grumble, and I grumble is probably not the correct word in that case, but when I think it's important to ask ourselves before we start grumbling, um, will my complaining or bringing up this issue, do anything to evoke change in a positive, God-honoring way. Yeah. And just complaining about them being who they are, um, in terms of talking about the pro-abortion people, I don't see how that's going to in any way honor God or bring about change. And in, yeah. in fact, what I do see is it it takes our focus off of our mission and it kind of brings everybody down everybody's depressed because this isn't going to end how oh woe is me yeah so um so i i would say grumbling is destructive it's destructive and and uh we were just talking about before the podcast i think it's one of the most famous examples of grumbling um is poor moses as he's leading the israelites uh across the promised land yeah. And they pretty much right away start grumbling and complaining. They're being led to freedom out of slavery. And I guess what what we would expect is gratitude and joy and praise. But that's not really what happened at all. No. No, I was actually reading that in my time with the Lord this morning in Exodus. And uh, <laughs> of course, you know, God delivers them with miraculous signs and does all these things in Egypt to um, 
really prove that the false gods of Egypt are just that false gods brings the children of Israel out, brings them to the Red Sea. And then, of course, the army of Pharaoh is coming because Pharaoh's heart's been hardened again. And he's going to come and, and bring the children of Israel back into Egypt. And, uh, you know, at one point they're grumbling and they're complaining and they say it's, it's kind of funny the way that, that it's worded in the scripture. Um, are there no graves in Egypt? <laughs> you know, do you bring us out here because there were no graves? There was no grave plots left in Egypt. That's why you brought us out here to die. And, you know, in a sense, it's like, and, and this is where we have to check our hearts. When we're complaining about a, a situation, when we're complaining about a circumstance that we're in, are we complaining against the Lord? Are we accusing him of not, uh, not being wise and not caring about us? And think about the children of Israel, right? I mean, of course God cared about them. He heard their cry in Egypt, and he delivered them through these miraculous means. And yet, so their accusation is not just, uh, it's not against just Moses, but it's against the Lord himself and the Lord's deliverance. And, you know, I think this can apply to sidewalk ministry, though I don't think that many of you that are listening that are doing sidewalk ministry have that same mentality as the children of Israel did. You have an attitude of gratitude toward the Lord and all of that. Yet we can slip into that mentality. And it's like we can almost have a mentality of God. Did you call me to this ministry just so people can call me names and, and, and malign me? Did you call me to this ministry um, just so women can cuss at me as they're going in instead of responding to me positively? And that really kind of goes back to the podcast we did some months ago about the motivation for ministry. Right. And I encourage you guys, if you haven't, please listen to that, because that can really um, that can really squash a lot of this stuff. If you have a wrong motivation for ministry, if your motivation for ministry is that you're going to be out there and be the savior of all these babies and, and these moms and all this stuff, you're going to be sadly disappointed when they're cussing at you. Now, God will use you to save babies. We do believe that. I, I can just I trust that the Lord's going to use you for sure. But that can't be our primary motivation. Our primary motivation has to be a love for God. What we're doing, we're doing it in obedience to Him. The victory is in obedience. And when our motivation is right, then it will guard our heart against grumbling. But I'll tell you, there's always the potential that we're going to grumble and complain. And I think, as you said, Vicki, there can be a fine line uh, between us sharing our burden, sharing our concern, sharing. I mean, I'm thinking about the police officers. We've got a knucklehead police officer in Charlotte that has caused us a lot of problems and it seems like he goes out of his way to cause us issues. Do we need to talk about that as a group? Yeah, we do. We, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about, and, you know, we, we've had some fun sometimes and, and just, you know, he kind of looks like, um, a cartoon character a little bit. So people have kind of used okay, that we're, analogy. We're coming close to the line there though, of, are we having, I think fun? we're coming close to the or, line. Yeah. Or, or are we, yep. are we um, making are we fun just... of, and is that God honoring? So um, yeah. that was one of the things actually that, that a fellow counselor brought up to me because yeah. in very, what I thought was good natured uh, was actually mocking someone. And, um, and he pointed out that that's kind of, Gossip, Vicky. I love you and respect you, but have you considered that? So anyway, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt interrupt you there. No, I mean I think that, and and again, I think that uh, fact there goes back to a podcast we did about the body of Christ working together and and about bearing one another's burdens and the fact that we need each other. We need each other to help when we cross over that line. Yeah. Um, 
somebody that's going to call us out and say, hey, are we getting into the realm of grumbling and complaining? Are we getting to, into the realm of gossip? Yeah. And to help us will, will this thing back? Because at the end of the day, what we want to do is honor Jesus, yes. right? We want to honor Jesus and what we're doing. Of course, we, we've we got to share our burdens. We've got to share. And sometimes we can do it in a funny way. We can do it in a way that you know we, we don't have any malicious intent behind it. Um, because we've got to relate to each other. And I think part of the camaraderie and part of the connection that we have with each other is there's sort of like these inside jokes that we can tell about sidewalk ministry and all that stuff, but it can step over a line and it can get into where we're just in a negative attitude. We're in a grumbling and complaining attitude. And uh, so we we need to check our hearts before the Lord and, and check each other, right? So that we don't get into this attitude of grumbling and we're ultimately accusing God by grumbling against him. Cause at the end of the day, we believe that he called us to this ministry and the things that are happening in this ministry, though they're not within his perfect will. He certainly knew those things are going to happen. And those things can serve actually the opposition that we receive from pro-abortion people, police, or whatever it might be, can be things that God uses to help us grow, to be more like Jesus. Again, let's look at the example of Jesus. Was he maligned? Was he marginalized? Was he spoken against? Did people lie about him? Yes. Yes, yes, and yes. How did he respond? I mean, he certainly did call things what they were. He he called the Pharisees a brood of snakes. You'd know that he did it not out of malicious intent, but out of speaking the truth and warning the people about these snakes, these brood of snakes, and also to confront these Pharisees with their sin and and their rebellion against God. Um, so, yeah, again, there can be this this fine line. We do need to guard our hearts. We do need to make sure that what we're saying, we're like before the Lord, this this honors the Lord, and this doesn't get me into a mindset of uh, one of the brothers here locally says of stinking thinking. We don't want to yeah. get in that mindset of just stinking thinking, right? Constantly saturating our minds and our hearts with grumbling, with complaining, with negative stuff, with you know, these people do this, this person did that. Um, we've got to come back around to the fact in our minds and our hearts that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Like we talked about in the joy podcast, we belong to him. He's our Lord. We need to have joy, not just not grumbling and complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about Jesus that that you brought up that he, he calls things like they are. And sometimes he can even be um, harsh in his choice of words, but I can't recall a single time that I would characterize him as grumbling. Not a single time. Yeah. I, I don't recall any statement like, woe is me. Um, yeah. You know, look at, look at all that I'm enduring. He just does. He just endures yeah. it. And um, and usually with silence, he usually doesn't um, speak about what he's suffering at all. Um, the only thing even close to that might be when he says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Um, yeah. But that's, that's really more just a, a plea of anguish um, as opposed to, uh, you know, a complaint. Yeah. Um, but in in terms of um some of the legitimate grievances like when you brought up the police and while i do think there's a fine line when we start to kind of poke fun at them we got to be careful um yeah. that we're not you know he- edging towards disrespect and um and flat out um gossip but 
when when we get together and talk about the police and the things that we feel were unfair, we're actually trying to bring about a change. It's not just to discuss poor, pitiful laws. It really is. This is not legal, is it? Can someone look up and find out if this le- is legal? And oftentimes that's you doing that, Daniel. Or, or yeah. um, what can we do to alleviate this issue and talking to lawyers and finding out what our rights are? Um, and, and how we can fight it. And I think that that is very different from grumbling. That's trying to take action to right a wrong. And, um, uh, true grumbling, I don't think is. I think it's yeah. just feeling sorry for yourself and complaining about something that honestly you probably have no control over. But, but some of the things we do have control over that are not grumbling. Um, in terms of, again, sidewalk ministry, if if we see abusive or aggressive behavior by the pro-abortion crowd or by patients or clients um, or workers, we we definitely need to address that. And we should tell each yeah. other we should film it we and we should seek counsel regarding that yeah. because that can be dangerous. And again, it's something that that we can take action against um, if we yeah. see concerns of sex trafficking. Or domestic abuse in the clients coming into the abortion center. Um, you know, we need to talk with each other about that and maybe call the yeah, police and, and discuss with each other what do we do in this situation. Some Sometimes there are situations we don't know what to do and it, we have to talk to each other to try and figure it out. So that's yeah. different and that is not at yeah. all um, what what we're talking about. Um, I, I also have found that the more I grumble besides getting discouraged, the more negatively I feel about that person I'm grumbling against. It feeds into a negative, destructive, hateful attitude towards others. And again, that, that's, that's not good. Yeah. So, um. But the next section that I have in our article, which you kind of already talked about, um, is what's the solution? And I want to I want to tell you a story that um, that actually happened this week out on the sidewalk. Okay. Which um, maybe that there were two things that really sparked this article. This, this was one of the things. Um, there was a very difficult group of pro-abortion people. I think there was something like 15 of them. Uh, They always outnumber our team. And they were inches of our face, screaming at us, taunting us, um, threatening us. Uh, They were blowing whistles in our ears, um, all kinds of other musical instruments right in our ears, which was um, painful. And we were all feeling just weary at the end of the of three hours of that we were worn out and we we struggled to to i think every one of us was thinking did anyone hear anything of value that we called out because the noise and the persecution was so strong that day and um one of them that was the worst one of them was just video taping everything we were doing and getting in our face and again, mocking us. And it was time for us all to go home. The time had ended. And, and I said, I said, should we pray? And we knew, yes, indeed, we should pray. And yeah. um, I volunteered to be the one to pray. And as soon as um, this 
worst of the offenders of the pro-abortion crowd heard that we were going to pray. She said, oh, can I pray with you? Can I pray with you? Very mocking. So um, I did wrestle for a moment thinking, should I have said sure? But I didn't. I, I just ignored her. And I started praying. And um, and because I think I needed God and I knew my team needed God so desperately at that moment, I was really, really into that prayer. I was so yeah. focused on God. Sometimes it isn't always like that, but it was that time. And um, just really tapping in to the Holy Spirit and really feeling that I was in direct communion with, with God as I'm praying. And she was saying things and trying to distract. And I just was totally into my prayer, um, which by the way is out loud for the group before we disperse. And then she started singing and I knew she was singing, but it, I, I was not conscious at least conscious at all, um, of, of the words of what she was singing and continued the prayer. And somewhere through the middle of the prayer, she, I knew she had left. At least I, I no longer registered that she was there and the prayer ended and, um, and we all dispersed, went home. And it was later reading the team leads report of the day. And she mentioned that prayer and mentioned that during that prayer, this pro-abortion person was singing hail Satan. And at that, everybody else was aware of it. Now, I, yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, all I felt was peace and joy and comfort in this prayer. And to me, that spoke very um, specifically about our, our greatest antidote to, um, to grumbling is to keep our, our heart and mind so focused on God that nothing else enters. And it, it is as though you're, you're looking right through all those people trying to discourage you that you no longer see or hear them because you're so focused on what God has called you to do and on his presence and his Holy Spirit guiding and enabling you to do that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it comes back to where our focus is. It comes back to what our motivation is. Uh, we're not out there to, uh, we're not out there just to say babies. We're not out there just to be heard. We're out there to obey God. And if it comes to where our voices are being drowned out by pro-abortion people or whatever, you know, opposition comes against us, um, we're not out there for them. We're not out there to feel good about ourselves. We're out there to glorify Jesus. Yeah. And uh, we've got to keep our focus on him. I know whenever thoughts and, and you know, bad attitudes come kind of across our radar, of course, one of the ways to combat that is to pray. Yeah. When you're out there on the sidewalk and there's there's this ability. I and mean, I think this this subject grumbling ties into the subject of discouragement right. and dealing with discouragement, which we did do a podcast about uh, a long time ago. Um, is bringing our petition to the Lord. That's one of the keys to overcoming discouragement, overcoming, not getting into, because discouragement can lead into grumbling. That's kind of the progression of things. You get discouraged, you start grumbling, you start complaining, then you start accusing God, and then you start even questioning your calling and all that stuff. Uh, before it gets to there, we need to do, if you look at the Psalms, we need to do what David did in the Psalms, where he's bringing his his petition and it seems like in some of the Psalms, like he's complaining to the Lord. Um, 
you know, like, God, where are you in this situation? Like, we can be honest before the Lord, but we need to come back around like David does to your God. You're the Lord over it all. I belong to you. You're not beholden to me. And, uh, you know, I think checking our attitude between us and the Lord is very important. Then, of course, the dynamic of other folks helping us to check our attitude yeah. so that we're not getting this whole realm of just being a grunt. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, um, Acts 16 is a great example of not grumbling, but doing, replacing that with um, turning our thoughts, our focus, and our heart on the Lord. And I actually, I, yeah. I think I, I copied, you probably all know that it's such a, a great um, story in the book of Acts. But I'll, I'll read, or do you want to read that in um, in Acts 16? It's uh, The full story is, uh, well, it goes through the whole chapter of Acts, but the, the crux of it is in verses 22 to, to 30. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of condense it just a little bit, mm-hmm. and you guys probably, again, well know the story where um, Paul and Silas were thrown into prison because Paul cast a demon out of this girl who was possessed by a demon. Right. And uh, they're there in prison now. And we've talked about this passage, I think, before as well, or at least we've talked about Acts chapter four, when Peter and John were thrown into prison for preaching the name of Jesus. This is a similar scenario where Paul and Silas are thrown into prison uh, for casting out a demon, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Anyway, um, they're there in a not so nice scenario. I mean, we think about jail. We think about prison in this day and age. You didn't have TVs. You didn't have a library there. (laughs) You're in a nasty, filthy place. Probably rats and all this, which they didn't belong and, uh, to. They did. They they didn't deserve to be in it. They were false charges, right, false yeah. accusations, and they're thrown in prison. They had every right to grumble yeah. if if someone has a right to grumble, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they certainly would have. But what do they begin to do? They began to worship. They began to sing. Yeah, singing praise to the Lord in the midst of that filthy, rotten place that they didn't deserve to be in. And the Bible says that the place that they were uh, was shaken. The prison house was shaken. And uh, immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were unfastened. So they were released. They were praising God. They were singing hymns of praise, the Bible says, um, to God. And the prisoners were hearing this stuff. So it's a testimony when we praise the Lord in the midst of persecution, in the midst of opposition, when we can worship and we can praise the Lord. It's a witness to those around us, yeah. for sure. Um, and in this situation, it caused an earthquake from the Lord that shook the foundations of the prison and released their chains, not just their chains, but other people's chains. And there's, listen, this will preach, let me tell you, because you praising God in the midst of opposition, rather than grumbling and complaining, can also bring freedom to other people, right? It can help other people get free. And this is um, applicable to on the sidewalk whenever you decide in the midst of opposition to be thankful, to have gratitude toward God, to, you know, going back to that Acts chapter four, uh, or I think it's it's later on in Acts chapter six, I believe, when um, Peter and the apostles, I think it was Peter and John again, were beaten for the name of Jesus, and they left rejoicing that they had been found worthy to suffer for his namesake. So if we can take that kind of attitude, man, that is contagious. Mm-hmm. And in this situation, um, the analogy would be that not only were their chains released, 
but the chains of everyone else yeah. that was there, people who weren't worshiping and praising God, but people who were overhearing this thing. So you, this can bring freedom to other people on the sidewalk as you're worshiping and praising God in the midst of persecution. Your other sidewalk counselors, people who are probably feeling the same temptation to grumble and to be like, why are we even here or whatever, um, can actually that fire can actually um, spread to them. It can also uh, spread. As you were speaking, I realized what an incredible um, example and picture that is when we do that, when we turn the persecution into praise to the moms themselves, because what we're asking of them, oftentimes I'll directly say this. Don't put your eyes on your struggles. Don't put your eyes on your circumstances. Put your eyes on Jesus. Don't give in to the, to your fears and your struggles and your troubles. Um, but keep bringing your eyes back to the Lord. And that is what, um, that's what we're asking them to do. And they see yeah. that if they see us doing that in the midst of the persecution that we're receiving out on the sidewalk, that is a powerful statement, a powerful word yeah. picture, well, not word picture, a powerful visual of, of yeah. what we're telling them. And if instead, what they see is us grumbling, fighting, returning the mockery and, and the insults with further insults, mocking or whatever from us. All we've shown them is um, just go and do whatever you want and ignore what God has has called you to do, because that's basically what we're yeah. doing. We are not called to grumble yeah. or to persecute those who persecute us. No, we're called to magnify Jesus, and that's what they were doing. Ultimately, um, and you guys know the story, this this jailer who was going to take his own life because if a prisoner got loose, his life was going to be taken anyway, right? He's responsible for them staying in prison. Um, ultimately, Paul says, don't harm yourself, leads him to the Lord, baptizes him and his whole family. So this attitude in the midst of persecution and opposition of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord rather than grumbling, rather than saying, oh, we're in this filthy prison. We don't deserve to be here. God, weren't you protecting us? Weren't you watching out for us? Like, what's going on here, Lord? Um, Instead of that attitude, they praise God. Prison doors are open. People are set free. This guy comes to know the Lord and his whole family. So this is like really a, a strong motivation for us to have an attitude of worship and praise to the Lord and an attitude of worship and praise can combat an attitude of grumbling and complaining. So right. we have to make this 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 conscious, volitional decision, because when we are experiencing pushback, and we are experiencing persecution or whatever it might be, there is always going to be that temptation to grumble, complain, and make it about us. We have to make that conscious decision to say, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to shun those feelings. And I'm going to embrace an attitude of worship and praise. And sometimes we have to do it even if we don't feel it, right? And sometimes it means you getting out your smartphone, even out there on the sidewalk, and pulling up a song on YouTube of worship and just begin to worship Jesus. Just begin to pray. Sometimes it may be, it's let's gather the whole group together, the whole sidewalk team in together, and let's just pray. Let's just have a time of prayer before the Lord. Let's give the situation to God. We have to make conscious decisions to to not grumble but to magnify Jesus, to worship him and to thank him. And uh, we can even do what they did here. Thank him, praise him, even in the midst of prison or like uh, the apostles there in the early part of Acts where they praise him, that they were counted worthy to suffer for his namesake. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and we can use each other to help bring about that transformation and how we're thinking about trials and persecution. And so I'm going to tell you another story. And the second thing I told you, there were two things that sparked this article. The one was what happened to me in, um, out on that sidewalk. The second was, um, uh, I was meeting for, uh, a podcast with Daniel (laughs) and, uh, he said, how, how was your day? And I, I think grumbled <laughs> and said it was really rough and um and told him you would not have believed uh the pro abortion group today and I was describing what we had endured and um and his response to me your response <laughs> was I'm glad you got to have that experience and I remember I, I still remember those words and I'm like it just took totally took the wind out of my sails I'm like And I realized immediately you were right. And I said, I think I said it with a little bit of um, tongue in cheek, but I said, you're right. I counted a privilege (laughs) that today (laughs) I was able to suffer (laughs) for for Jesus. But what became just in honestly tongue in cheek at the moment became my reality. I realized it changed me. That changed me. I just thought it was so unexpected. I thought you're usually such a nice guy, Daniel. (laughs) I thought you, (laughs) I thought you would start telling me, you know, Oh, poor Vicky. Um, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, that must've been really rough, but, um, but your response was the perfect response because what it did was snapped me out of an attitude of grumbling and complaining into an attitude of, you know, it, is God surprised by that persecution? Does God not know about that? Did, did he think I was worth, you know, did he want me to suffer? You know, no, God has a purpose and a plan. And when we remember that, that includes, I mean, we are in a fallen world, but he could yeah. remove us at any moment from that persecution. He could remove the persecutors at any moment, yeah. but he doesn't. And if he yeah. doesn't, there is something greater going on. And, and I do think a lot of it probably has to do with, are we going to trust him no matter what? And, yeah. and the no matter what, if you're in sidewalk ministry, that is going to include opposition and just no yeah. matter what, be prepared to praise and follow and keep your focus on God. And I will say another thing is grumbling is a huge time drain on all of us. I was yeah. training someone yesterday and I don't think she was truly grumbling. I, I think she was just overwhelmed, overwhelmed yeah. by what she was seeing. She had never seen the opposition like that. But so much of the time was spent saying, yeah, that's who they are. That's what they are. Yeah. Can we get back to who we are and what we're called yeah. to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think we have to remember, um, that God doesn't have a vested interest in keeping us comfortable. Right. God has a vested interest in making us more like his son, Jesus, Mm -hmm. and he will use things like persecution and he will use opposition and he'll use false accusations and all those things, because all those things were experienced by Jesus. God will use those things to grow us, to be more like Jesus. Um, The question is, 
will we re- will we respond appropriately? And going back to the example, and if you want to look at examples of what grumbling and complaining will do and how it will shipwreck your walk with God and your entrance into the promised land and to the rest of God, look no further than the book of Exodus as the children of Israel are brought through the wilderness and they're brought even at the very beginning to the Red Sea. I mean, they're grumbling actually even before that, whenever Moses initially is coming to deliver them and, and um, Pharaoh puts um the task on them to make bricks without straw. You're going to get your own straw. And you know, that they were grumbling and when they're at the red sea, right? And God had already showed them his, his power. And yet they're grumbling against God there all through, all through the wilderness. You know, when they, they grumble and complain cause they don't have meat, God gives them quail <laughs> up to their eyeballs and they grumble, and complain about that. It's every, every area and everything that God does, they grumble and they complain, but you will see that there were at least two men, um, Jonathan, or I'm sorry, Joshua and Caleb, who didn't grumble and complain against God, and they entered into the promised land. They made a conscious decision to look at what God had done, the good things the Lord had done for them, and that fueled the fire in their hearts to believe that this God is good. We're not going to grumble and com- complain. The stuff that happens to us, it's not God's fault. And even if it was God's fault, he's still good. He puts breath in our lungs and we're going to worship him. We're going to praise him. And those men entered the promised land, right? Those who did not, those who grumbled, those who who died in the wilderness were those who grumbled and complained. And this is a conscious decision. And there may be for you guys that are listening, a time that you just need to, after this podcast, repent before God and just tell God you're sorry. And it may not have anything to do with sidewalk ministry. It might have to do with your family. You might have been grumbling and complaining against God because your kids are doing this or that. Your husband's doing this or that. Your wife is doing this or that. Your financial situation is like this or like that. And you've just had a, an attitude of grumbling and complaining. And ultimately, if you're honest, you're grumbling, you're complaining is not just against your circumstance or against your family member, but it's against God. And you need to repent and just say, God. I'm sorry of of accusing you. I'm sorry of a bad attitude. And God answers when we repent. Listen, God comes in. He brings forgiveness. He washes. He cleanses. And he can give you um, a good attitude. He can give you a different perspective where you can see um, that maybe the Lord was using that stuff to make you more like Jesus. And you didn't respond appropriately. So ask God for grace to respond appropriately in the future, and he'll give you grace to do it. Amen. It really has to do with our attitude. It really has to do with our response to the Lord. And when we respond, we're not always, no one is going to respond 100% appropriately every time. When we don't, we just repent and ask God for grace to do right in the future, and he'll give us grace to do it. Yeah. So I um, hope this was an encouragement to you guys and a challenge to you guys. We um, don't want to discourage you, want to encourage you, just like my response to Vicky. I'm glad you got to experience that. Um, uh, I know Vicky could handle that. <laughs> and maybe people that are brand new, if you're leaders, if you're a leader, <clears throat> maybe that's not always the appropriate response. You probably want to, if you do respond that way when they're sharing their grumbling and complaining, that you might want to spell it out a little more and, 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 identify with their with their pain a little more we certainly want to do that with each other um point them toward jesus always right that's what we need to do um 
But I knew, again, I knew, Vicky, you could handle it, and you needed to be um, spurred on and encouraged in that way. It sparked and a great podcast, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, 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 and at least drew you closer to the yeah. Lord and drew, drew me closer to the Lord. Just reading through this and uh, covering the subject is, is really encouraging. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, with that, I think we'll wrap this thing up. We appreciate you guys listening, and... Uh, Please reach out to me, Daniel at lovelife.org. Reach out to Vicky, Vicky at lovelife.org. And maybe you've got some struggles and things. Uh, we would certainly love to pray for you and pray with you about those things. Maybe you've got questions that we can answer. We'll do our best to answer whatever questions um, that come our way about sidewalk ministry. And uh, so with that, um, we'll talk to you guys later. God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you